0: Alright, and welcome to another episode of Podcasts on 5th Avenue. It's just me and Jenna this week. Jordan will be back. Next week, we'll, uh, we'll miss her, especially for this, uh, first part. We're gonna talk about Jeff Carter. So, if you can't see, I'm wearing, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it, but wearing a shirt, uh, sent to us. You got one
1: too. You're at work, so you're not wearing it at work. But I, I would
0: have good.
1: I really, if I didn't have an interview earlier today, I definitely would have worn it.
0: Yeah, it, it's a good shirt. It's from Steel City brand. If you can't see it, um, it says Big Jeff Carter crush beers squirgles and it, it's actually for a good cause so that's what we're promoting uh good cause a portion of the proceeds are going to the foster love project providing love and action to foster children and the families caring for them um the shirt is already available again steel city brand if you google them just go, or that's their their social handles check them out um say a good cause and it's it's a good shirt but uh Jeff Carter, Jenna what do you think about, I mean th- it's almost like he's turned into a meme like the crush beards, score goals just what do you think about the way, you know I guess the city's embraced him
1: It's that's exactly it. like it's just so perfectly fitting and like what a great way what a great partnership with Steel City Jeff Carter and the Foster Love Project what a great way to give back in this way but like I mean who isn't gonna go get these just because of the fact I mean like the Pittsburgh community in Jeff Carter's time here has just come to embrace him so much it's like so evident how much they love him and it's so evident how much too I think he loves the Pittsburgh community and he'll kind of joke a little bit about you know okay yeah I'm not really you know the Bud Light platinum, like the party guy that, you know, was days of the past for Jeff Carter although I don't really know if it was days of the past because I still think if you offered the man some Bud Light Platinum uh, and the opportunity to score more goals he would do both of those things Uh, but it's just it's so cool to kind of see you know the Pittsburgh community come together in this way and you know just celebrate a guy who isn't hasn't been here for a very long time by any means Uh, and just to be able to be like hey you know we love the fact that you're giving back and the way that you're embracing us we're embracing you even more like I always love the fact that like with Pittsburgh, it seems like, you know, if you have any sort of little bit of ties to Pittsburgh, people claim you here is one of their own. It's like, oh, no, he or she is one of us type thing. So uh, uh, Jeff Carter will go down in Pittsburgh history as a uh, yinzer for uh, from day one to uh, whenever his time with the Penguins is done, which i hope a lot of people or I know a lot of people hope is not for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, just the whole arc of his career, I mean, for him to start out with the Flyers, he was a big part of the Flyers for for so long, for him to be, he's turned into like a Pittsburgh icon, like you said, in just a short amount of time here. Um yeah, and the meme stuff, the Bud Light Platinum, all that online. <laughs> um yeah, I am maybe-
1: disappointed that last week when uh Big Ben took the ice that we didn't get a Big Ben and a Big Jeff Carter, that would have been just like I mean, it writes itself.
0: It really does. It really does. But uh yeah, good stuff from him, good shirt against Steel City brand. Check them out. We uh we do have some news to talk about, so When our last episode dropped on Thursday, that night is when uh, the NHL issued its ruling on the appeal Brad Marchand filed for his suspension. So, going way back to I mean, what like two weeks ago by now?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, longer than that then. But yeah, so Marchand obviously suspended for six games. That game against the Penguins uh, at the end. He he punched Jari in the side of the head and then as he was being escorted away by the officials, jabbed a stick in his face. Uh, Very Brad Marchand type of thing to do if you look at the, the whole game. He was just being a menace. The thing where he took the puck away from Jari trying to give it to a kid...
1: Like, that was – and I didn't get to chime in on that episode because that <laughs> that's was a right. whole week. so I still have strong feelings. And, like, everybody always roasts me because I grew up a Boston Bruins fan. They were the team I grew up rooting for. Now I'm just a huge fan of the entire league. I'll watch, again, anything that's on. And, obviously, you like it when the team that you cover wins because it makes everybody's job better. But, like, that's just one of those things where you're like, really? Really? That's what you had to do? Really? Yeah. It's, and then the – that
0: same game, it, it was, it was, it should have been interference, uh, right. him on Crosby when Crosby broke the stick off the face-off. Was trying to go to the bench to get it. It was like a like a thirty-second. Yeah. Like sequence where Marshawn was just blocking him, and at some point I was like, "What is he doing?" And I think, like he's like face guarding him in basketball. I'm like, "What are what? exactly. What are we doing here?" Yeah, Jordan. Jordan and I talked about it. Brad Marshawn is like, if you let like the intrusive thoughts win, like you know, he sees Jari trying to give that puck to the kid, and he's like, "Take it," and then it just he's, he just does it, but. That's kind of what happened at the end of the game, too. The first two incidents with the the puck and the interference, kind of funny, very funny. But then, you know, he does that to Jari at the end. And I remember, you know, when that happened and I tweeted the video, I'm getting a lot of replies from Bruins fans like, Jari must have said something, you know, really personal to him to set him off or uh, because, you know, Bergeron got hurt early in the game and he must have said something about Bergeron. You know, Jari must have really crossed the line because – Brad Marchand, known for being very rational, the guy that licks people's faces on the ice, <laughs> like yep. he's you know he's he's all there in the head. But yeah, so what he appealed the suspension six games to to Gary Bettman. Bettman upheld the suspension. It's like a fourteen-page document. Bettman explaining why he upheld the decision. But in the ruling uh, is Marchand's testimony of what J- Jari said to him to set him off. And all Jari said was, How about that FM save? And like I read that, I'm like, like I'm scrolling. I'm like, well, where's the other stuff? Like yeah, It's like, like, what's
1: next? Like, where's the your mom joke? Where's <laughs> something else that's inserted there about like your country? I don't know. Yeah. That's what? it.
0: That's it. Which I don't know. I I <laughs> it's just it's funny. It's it's hilarious. Jari he, he didn't he didn't address uh like after that game. You know, he was asked and he's like, Oh, you just wanna leave it on the ice and I think that's why I you know, I, I saw that quote too and people replying to that, like, Oh, he's really trying to hide what he said. No, all he said was, How about that F save? Which even then I read that and like Jari said Jari swore, like that's a lot of Jari <laughs> Like I was like, Wow. Oh my gosh, like Tristan Jari actually said a bad word? Yeah, because, I mean, you you watch these videos of you know him talking after games, practices, and like, you know, we're, we're around him. He's very even keel. I, I, he didn't strike me as like a chirper at all on the ice, especially something like this. So, I don't know, it's just funny to hear from Jari, but then for that to be what set Brad Marchand off, insane.
1: It's, it's always the ones you never expect to in terms of like Jari saying it like, honestly, that might have been why Martian because I don't think like, I mean, again, any of us, I don't know if any of us maybe inside the Penguins room, they expect this, maybe it's like a different side of Jari. But again, we don't see, you know, this aggressive, passionate in that way. You know, he's always just very even keeled. He's very, you know, hey, here I am. This is what we're doing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this even in his press conferences you kind of hear the way he speaks and you see, you know, his demeanor and all of that. So it was a little unexpected, but you and I were talking before uh, we started recording this. And this reminded me so much. And you posted this on Twitter of the Artemi Panarin and the Martian, like glove fight, like, and yeah, how was that this year? How yeah. was that this past year? That was November. Like, you said,
0: like, oh, like last season. Like, no, that was just a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that don't remember, there is an incident in a game where it, so Marshawn is on the bench, Panarin's on the bench. They're yelling to each other across that little, you know, center p- partition. And, yeah. um, you know, you see the video. Marshawn says something to him. Panarin throws his glove at Marshawn. Gets fined $5,000, I think it was, for it. And then it... Panarin I don't think he ever said what Marshawn said to him but then Marshawn was asked about it and he said um I I told him no one in Russia likes him and he said you know if that's something that if that's going to set guys off like this then this is the softest, softest league in the world. Yep. Which I mean you the comment you know no one in Russia likes you I I I I feel like we talked about it that, that kind of does cross the line for Panarin just given everything like, yeah. the backstory, Panarin, he's been very critical of the government in Russia, kind of has put his family, um, I guess you could say, in danger. He did have to take time off to go back home, kind of settle everything there, make sure everything's okay, come back. And so for for Marshawn to, to use that against him does kind of cross the line, but then for him to say that, you know, it's the softest leak in the world, if that's going to set <laughs> Panarin off, but then for how about that effing save to set him off?
1: It, It's, I, I don't even know, no words. Like, it's a normal chirp, and it's also one I feel like I respect Tristan Jari for. Like, that's one of those ones where I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Like, if I'm a goalie and I'm making a huge save in a pretty big game against a big opponent, I'm going to be like, yeah, how about that? How do you <laughs> have that type thing? It was just, and the fact that, you know, that's what set Marshand off. I mean, It's just, it's one of those things. Also, shouts to all the Pittsburgh like strip district clothing companies (laughs) who immediately, I mean, you're going to, again, talk about like great taglines for shirts. That's one of those ones that like, I feel like on a Sunday in the strip, when you're walking through, you're going to see like, Twelve of those every step you take.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to what happens when when the Bruins come back here. I believe it's not until April. Like, what yeah. kind of signs we're going to see? And you figure when Marshawn comes, but like comes comes back, how many how many goalies are just gonna be saying that to him, knowing yeah. that that's yeah. enough to get his wires to cross? <laughs> I mm-hmm. just I don't know. This this is like probably worse for Marshawn than the suspension that <laughs> <laughs> he's been <laughs> turned into a joke. Um, Suspension's pretty bad. I mean, we he's the most suspended, most individual suspensions in NHL history. That was yeah. eight. And the money he's forfeited and the fines uh, total to $1.4 million. Um If that's not enough to get him to get his head in check, then maybe turning into a joke like this will. But... Uh, Can- can we get some of that
1: one point four million, Brad? Right. Like <laughs> gladly, if you if you don't want to, you know, we can t- we can take that off your hands.
0: <laughs> right. Um. No, so yeah, we can move on from them. But other other news to touch on: uh, Chad Ruidl, uh signed to a two-year extension, so that kicks in, in next year. Uh, I mean, eight hundred thousand, very affordable, good depth defenseman. I mean, I I don't have a problem with this at all. I think to. Fill the role. He's been a regular this year, but then you go back to, you know, like last season, the season before that, when he wasn't in the lineup every game, he's someone that can just be a depth guy, sit out and come in and still be effective. So for these next two years, whether he's in the lineup or, you know, a seventh defenseman, I think just no brainer. But uh, what do you think about Shadow Ruedel?
1: Yeah, it is one of those things like we were saying I think last week or the week before too, you can never have too much depth when it comes to defense, and that's going to be so huge. And he's kind of – he is that guy where you can count on him whether he's in the lineup or not. You know, if he sits out for two, four, six, ten games and then comes back in, he's going to pick up right where he left off. It's not like he needs a a lot to, like, get back into things. He's also – again, I think it was a great value too. And and this is something too I think it's going to turn into – benefit for his game too, because he hasn't been that regular guy in the lineup. And now this year with him being as regular as he is because of all the offseason moves, it's given him, I think, a lot of confidence in his game. And I think we're going to kind of see that stem, you know, he can kind of keep playing the way he's playing. I don't think you can – I don't know. At least I really – I haven't been paying, like, crazy, crazy close eyes on Chad Ruedel every single game, every single, you know, part of the season this year. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like he – To me, it always feels like he's the type of player that isn't going to make this like ginormous, massive mistake. You know what you're getting for him. The ship is steady. He's going to play within the system. And I mean, the Penguins, we heard Ron Hextall kind of say or in the statement when they announced the re-sign, he basically was like, you know, he's such a great teammate. We're excited to have him here for the next two years. And I think they are just, again, because it creates that stability defensively.
0: Yeah, and I uh, when when this happened I did get a couple comments or replies on Twitter about, you know, the, this is an indication of how they feel about Pio Joseph. I don't this doesn't have anything to do with Pio Joseph at all because Ruidoli only plays only on the right side, Joseph plays only on the left side. That's not some some minor detail. Nah. Joseph is going to break into the NHL. It's not going to be on the right side. He did say in training, he was asked in training camp, like, do you have any any experience on the right side, even going back to juniors, and he said no. Uh, this season in Wilkes-Barre, they put him on the right side to start one game. He didn't even play the full game on the right side. Uh, so it's it's just not. If he's going to break into the NHL, it's not going to be on the right side, given that yeah. they're not even giving him a couple of games on the right in Wilkes-Barre. So. Uh, if his his competition is like Pedersen, matheson not not Ruidl. so you can make an argument that Ruudel's maybe now holding back Mark Freeman, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not not P. Joseph. But uh, did you see the video I tweeted of this thing Ruidles doing in warm ups now? Um, every you know everyone has their weird kind of like routine. I there's a, it's like a coordinate coordinated whole thing in warm ups so everyone has their own little things they do superstitions half of them are Crosby like yep. Crosby he does the you know he always has to retie his skates at the the one point he does the McDonald's logo mm-hmm. everyone knows that yeah. but Gensel has something where someone hits him into the corners and then he does the twirl the spin at some point maybe within like the last five games Marino and and Ruido have started doing this thing where you'll have to look at the video on Twitter. I mean, I, I was going to tweet another video on, on Thursday, but um – marino like, kind of waits for him at the mcdonald's logo and then like Rudol comes behind him and they just do this kind of coordinated like back and forth like skating type thing oh um, i
1: love that
0: and then they and then they uh, they always do a low five i saw that one time and i was like what are they doing and then like they kept doing it and i was like oh i guess this is a thing now um and they do it on the road too so it's just another thing to add to this whole uh warm-up routine but uh, I love stuff like that. It's just so goofy. And then last thing we wanted to touch on with Chad Ruedel. Um, You see a lot of kids, at the, like players' kids at the game, they're babies, and a lot of them they wear the jerseys that say, like, dad or daddy on the back. But Chad Ruedel, he posted a picture on his Instagram story of his son, and uh, his son's jersey says Lil Rudy on the back. It's it's adorable. His kid is so cute. Lil Rudy. <laughs>
1: were like the khakis and the shoot like d- <laughs> shout out to chad ruidel and his significant other i don't know if it's a girlfriend or wife and i don't want to say incorrectly so shout out to chad ruidel and his significant other because this kid's got swag the backwards oh hat God. little rudy the backwards hat yeah what's on the hat it's got the little tag on it too my goodness uh, I can't. I give me all of the cuteness. Give me all the little things. Brian Dumoulin's son has a jean jacket that has like a painting of his dad and says "Little Dumo" on the back. I'm like, oh my, we, we need it.
0: We, we talk all. about what Nikita Malkin uh, a lot too. That same game, Malkin had put, reposted a fan on his Instagram story. A fan had had a poster it was like a little girl like like Malkin's son's age that had like I'm in love with like Nikita (laughs) Malkin and Malkin reposted that on his story um so I love that Nikita Malkin already having his own little fan base but uh good good time to take a break we'll come back talk about uh games news and and we take a lot of fan questions too let's stay with us Alright, welcome back to podcasts on Fifth Avenue. So we wanna talk about the last game, uh, when we're recording this last game was against the Carolina Hurricanes. Penguins lost four or three and um both Sullivan and the players said after they know this really felt like a playoff game and you're looking down the stretch of the season, we're gonna they're gonna see the hurricanes two more times and they got a really tough schedule coming up and you know, yeah. we talked about last week how the playoff field is really kind of set and one of the teams you might end up facing is the Hurricanes, just uh, what were your impressions of that? I know you talked about, you know, what would this be like in a seven-game series, but uh, just what were your takeaways from that?
1: Yeah, well, I tweeted after the game because it was 4-3, and it was one of those – You know, Carolina, I I felt like it was going to be a game where Carolina was going to establish dominance early, which I thought that they did. And then we saw the second period and the Penguins played the way that they did, especially the second half of that second period. And we heard Mike Sullivan say it after the game, too. You know, he liked their second half of the game. And I think there was a lot of good things to build off of. I think, you know, I mean, there's so many little things and details that you can deep dive into. But after the game, I tweeted, I said, Pens and Canes, best of seven series. Who's Says no. A lot of Penguins fans said no, and I'm like, mm, Are you worried? It's because they would lose. I I realistically think that that would be a phenomenal seven game series, and I think it would go six or seven. There's no doubt in my mind because you know the way that I'm looking at the NHL right now is I kind of see you know things in tiers a little bit, and to me, I think the Penguins are kind of that in that like five or six spot where they're just outside the top four. I think in my eyes right now least, the top four in no particular order, but it's Carolina, Florida, Tampa, and Colorado. And I think the Penguins are right there. They're five or six. Like, it's not, I'm not saying by any means that they're a bad team, I'm not saying by any means that, like, oh, they're not in the top four. I realistically would put them in the top five, top six, but this is going to be that stretch where we kind of see who this team is. And I'm kind of like on back and forth a little bit with that, but they're seeing, you know, the Rangers, how do they match up against the Rangers? Are the Rangers this team that we think that everybody seems to think that they are this year? Are they as legit as what their record has been showing or when they play games against teams like the hurricanes teams, like the penguins within the division, how is that going to shake out? Then you see Tampa soon. Then you see Carolina again, really soon. So it's a tough stretch, no doubt, but I think that, You know, the things that I didn't like from this team against the Carolina or against in the Carolina game, it's things that they can work on. We heard Mike Sullivan say it's like attention to detail. It's not that, you know, Oh my God, they're just such a better team that they are. And they consistently outplayed us. I mean, like it was attention to detail and it was little things with the puck. We heard Mike Sullivan talk about, I think he said like four or five times after the game, this, I don't know, this would be a playoff series. I would want to see, because I think both teams bring such interesting dynamics too. And, you know, Carolina's top line is phenomenal, but Hey, uh, the penguins have a pretty phenomenal top line as well.
0: Yeah, again, you you mentioned, you know, Sullivan, what he talked about, you know, the problems in that game. It's not something about how, you know, like roster construction or missing, you know, it's things they can work on. And the two things he was pointing to, so to open the second period and the third period, Carolina scored nine seconds in both times. And that's Mm -hmm. what he's talking about. The attention to detail was to start the second period because they they lost the face-off and then everything after that. Uh, Jordan Stahl just the way he scored it was just like a, a fluky bounce and uh, I think Latang Le- tried to clear the puck out of the out of the slot he missed it Jeff Carter tried he accidentally put it right into Jordan Stahl's body and it went off of Jordan Stahl and in that's yep. attention to detail um, and then the to start the third period he called it um, execution lack of execution oh, yeah. because that one then they won the faceoff. off Crosby won it he put it back to um doomlin tried to pass the puck up to i think gensel but doomlin turned the puck over and it was like right like that the, the hurricanes capitalized so stuff like that that's not big you know they oh they need to go out and replace like brian doomlin no that's not roster construction that's just things they can work on uh attention to detail execution and stuff like that so yeah. yeah i don't for you know as strong as the hurricanes are the penguins really weren't that you know, I'm actually. I mean, a one-goal game, and you look at the the way those two goals happen. It's not anything uh, that they can't, you know, come back from, work on, uh, and come out on the better side. You know, next the next two games.
1: Yeah, it uh, is. It is one of those things too. Again, like we're trying, to, we're getting a benchmark of where they're at. Like, you know, it didn't feel like the Carolina hurricanes were completely way more dominant of a team than the penguins. Like they've seemed very evenly matched, which is kind of, I mean, if anything that should give penguins fans a lot of hope about, you know, this year and postseason because again we know what has happened in years past and it's you know I think we can talk about that for days on end but this Penguins team knows that they don't want to have that again after the last three years that it's been that way and granted you know the pandemic changed things a little bit too but this is a you know they, they were evenly matched it wasn't like Carolina was an outright better hockey team. It just came down to, again, attention to detail and execution. And when you're playing, when you're facing as strong strong of an opponent as Carolina, those details have to be so much more fine-tuned than they would be against, you know, a Montreal or an Arizona. Again, this is a National Hockey League. We hear the players say it all the time, you know, any given team, any given night. But the reality of it is, is you can't make these mistakes that may seem small at the time against these bigger opponents because they're so exacerbated and you'll see you know hey carolina's gonna score on that where arizona may or may not
0: yeah so uh probably good time to move on i i again tweeted out asking for questions uh we got a lot we're probably not going to get to all of them just because there's so many um some of these we kind of already touched on a little bit last week but we can Uh, talk about expand on Uh, there were several questions to the effect of are the Penguins going to trade Kasperi Kapitan. I I, I think this is the one we touched on last week where I I don't know what you would expect to get back from him at this point when his value is probably at an all time low Um, so this might be something where maybe move him out as a precursor to a bigger move you know you trade him to somewhere like Arizona and you only get like a draft pick back yeah, to shed salary to you know make a bigger move with with another team, but I I, I don't think you're gonna move Kampan in and get a player back that's an upgrade. You know, people uh, there are a couple of questions here. Their pain is gonna you know uh, get a defenseman uh, mm. upgrade on defense. I you're not gonna move out Kampan in and get back a defenseman or even a backup goalie that's better than what you already have.
1: No, just again, the value right now is at an all-time low. If he goes on a scoring clip and is scoring, you know, a goal, two goals every couple games, then maybe, yeah, things can change. But right now with him being on – the you know in the slump that he's in I just don't see really this team being you know or other teams that are on the trade you know looking for people on the trade market being like oh yeah we need to have this guy because we know he'll fit into our organization well and like he's not having success with the penguins he'll have success with us I just don't see that being entirely crazily realistic in terms to get something you know a bigger asset back than what you already have
0: yeah uh, yeah, so a couple questions asked about captain like that. Uh, also a couple questions about um, are the Penguins going to get Phil Kessel and are the, are the Penguins going to get Marc-Andre Fleury because both players are probably going to be moved to a contender. Um, I, I think both – I think the Penguins could use backup goaltending. Maybe the Penguins could upgrade on the top six. I don't think this is where it's going to happen. No. I it, uh, Both of them, the money is, is an issue because – Flurry makes 7 million uh Kessel makes I believe 6.8 the most a team can retain is half it it's just not going to happen even if you move out Capitan you know to Arizona Kessel back they still like don't really have the money like they'd have to um, dump money otherwise I and I don't know I think getting a reliable veteran backup who's maybe not going to put a ton of pressure on Jari because flurry flurry could be a number one somewhere I don't know if having him you know breathing down Jari's neck like that is what Jari exactly needs
1: no and especially again like we you know this team this offseason said you know the front office said he is our guy we still believe in him he is our number one guy and he's shown that this season why he is that way but i think that would kind of just hinder his development a little bit because then it's kind of the question of like oh you know not to come you know go to a totally different tangent here but like comparing it to like the what are we conversation when a couple's dating for the first time it's like Jari in his mind's like okay well like do you value me of course you value me but like how much is he gonna start he's been here for so long like there would just be so many little factors in here I just don't see it happening and again also the money like I I enjoy the fact too that the capitals have called him like three times and he's <laughs> reportedly turned them down three times which you know love the loyalty there um but yeah I just I, with both of these guys I just don't entirely see it being Super, super realistic. And I hate to say it in that way too, because of course you want to put a little bit of like the, you know, rose color glasses on and look at the past. And of course, what they both were able to do when they were here during the cup runs was phenomenal. But I just don't think right now is realistically going to be the time because of where both players are at, where this Penguins team is at. And also, again, the most important thing the money. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page with you there. But then also, you know, if you talk about like the rose-colored glasses and people uh, getting real big on nostalgia. If someone was like, "Would you want to bring Yager back for like league minimum for you? year?" I'd be like, "Yeah." I'd, I'd- <laughs> <laughs> so that one, like nostalgia, like I'm, I'm all for that. Um, yeah. So I think everyone's prone to nostalgia sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's just the money—it doesn't make sense.
1: No, I have a hard time saying no. If you said bring Yager back, I'd be like, okay, we're, I'm in. Give me those press conferences would be, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> I'd live. For that. that would be, I would, I'd live for that. Uh,
0: all right, move, moving on. Andrew he says, do you see Malkin in a Penns jersey next year? They've already proven that they can win without him in the lineup. So uh, I think Malkin kind of addressed this. Today, Wednesday, he was you know, asked about – because he assisted on Crosby's 500th goal. Uh, and he, he talked about that, you know, how special that was. And he said, uh, I hope Crosby assists on my 500th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he's 70 away right now. So, I mean, that would – I think in you know, at least two more years, uh, he's, he, he, he wants to be back. I don't think that's a question. He wants to be back. Ownership, uh, when new ownership was in town, uh, it was John Henry – uh, he spoke to, um, yeah, the chairman, he spoke to us. And yep. he said, uh, you know, ownership wants to keep him around, the core around, so Malkin and Letang, um Hextall's talked about how they're already having negotiations. So it, it really just seems a matter of can they make the money work? And I think, you know, Kapanen is a free agent. If you let Kapanen go, if you can find a way to maybe move out Zucker or Matheson, you, you can find a way to keep uh, Latang, Malkin, and Rust, even you know, factoring in a raise for Russ. But, um, what do you think? I, I think, like, the way this is worded, you know, they've already proven that they can win without him in the lineup. I think Andrew's trying to imply that they don't need him back or they should let him walk. They don't, but, uh, what, what do you think?
1: And I think it also kind of comes down. I mean, you know, <laughs> it is funny in the sense, you know, Sid, I feel like, has a lot more power than we all. Think and we all realize as much as you want to be like okay well he's a player on the team of course he's the captain of course he's Sidney Crosby but you know I have a hard time believing that Ron Hextall and Ryan Burke are not going to listen if Sid comes to them and says whatever it takes we need to keep Malkin and Latang which. I, I, I want to guess has already kind of been assumed like that, you know, it's, it's the core for a reason. Those are Sid's guys. And we hear them talk all the time, you know, Oh, we, you know, we win a lot of these games, you know, whenever you have Sidney Crosby in your lineup, it's very hard to count a team out. And I think that they really are aware of, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to do anything to upset Sid in any way. And I think if you potentially were to move, a guy like Malkin that would do that. I mean, he's his guy. They've been there, you know, it's the three of them, but it's also Sid and Malkin having the relationship that they have. I just, I, I realistically don't see him moving because I really think that they'll be able to make it work. Um, and I think that's what they want. I mean, Malkins uh, like you said on Wednesday, Malkin basically said, you know, I want him to assist on mine. Of course he still wants to be here. Um, and he's come back and proven this season that, you know, When he's healthy, he can play very well. He's been playing pretty solid in the last stretch that we've seen him. Obviously, there are some ups and downs, as there are with every player, but um, I just don't realistically – I see him being on the roster next year.
0: Yeah, I just think it's an indication of how good this team has been for so long that they've been around for so long this core that – I don't know if fans take them for granted, guys like Malkin and Letang, that, you know, you can say like, oh, you know, who cares, just let them go. It's not that big of a loss. Like, no, this is, you know one of the top 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 players yeah
1: yeah when your top two centers are hall of fame centers like I always I would joke a little bit when I started covering this team compared to when I was covering Buffalo I'm like guys you you don't understand like it, it isn't like this everywhere it isn't like you know like Evgeny Malkin would be a first line center almost anywhere else
0: yeah so uh yeah I think pretty clear uh we we have a couple more questions to get to. We can probably take a break and then come back and get to We have some some fun ones to touch on some prospects. So <laughs> we'll we'll take a break and come back and take more of your questions. All right, and welcome back to Podcast on Fifth Avenue. We're taking more of your questions. Again, probably not going to get to all of them uh just because there's so many in this episode i think we're gonna make this kind of question and answer thing more of a regular thing just because we do get a lot of good questions and it's it's pretty fun yeah, um, thank you
1: for sending them too we appreciate it
0: yeah so there are two kind of prospect related questions here noah he says who is the next prospect to make a legitimate impact for the pens and then uh march for the cup says uh should alex neander be called up at some point to see if he can be an answer is one of Malcolm's wingers on the second line. So, like, yeah, the answer to the, both of these questions are the same for me, that Alex Nylander should be the next guy to come up, yeah. the next prospect to come up. He's just – I mean, you go back to when he was acquired and kind of the scouting reports and you read about how things went, you know, in Buffalo or whatever and Chicago. He was actually fine in Chicago, but it, it sounded like they were getting a Daniel Sprong 2.0 as far as, you know, his attention to – Detail when it came to you know his two hundred foot game. If you remember, like when Daniel Sprong was here, it just it, it seemed like that wasn't clicking for him, and it, it's like he didn't he didn't he wasn't putting an effort because he didn't see the value in it being uh, a big part of his two hundred foot game, and that's what it sounded like they were getting with Nylander. And then Nylander comes in in these first few games, like I'm I'm not seeing that at all from him, and like I'm asking. I, I've asked, you know, J.D. Forrest about it a couple times now. Just, you know, what have we you seen from him as far as his 200 per game, his defense, effort, and that? And he said something to the effect of now that, you know, he's much better than advertised in that area, you know, when they got him and uh, his effort, everything. Um, obviously, scoring, not a problem with him. He's just under a point per game in, in Wolkesbury, But uh, the scoring, we knew that, we we knew he was still offensively that wasn't a question it just you know the other parts of his game defensively Uh, can he handle it and and yeah the answer is yes and you back to you know his first year in Chicago he it was it was a big improvement from when he was in Buffalo and then he he missed a full year because he was injured and then this year he started uh in, in the AHL which makes sense given that he was off a year but yeah you just look at uh, we've talked about before how people are like, oh, this is his third organization, and he's only what 23. There must be something wrong with him. Some, it's really just about looking for, you know, a fit at this with some players like this. And he, did, you know, I talked to him the other day, and he said something about how uh, he, he just kept talking about how happy he is to be here, and he said, you know, they just let me play here. So it sounded like Buffalo just really didn't handle him well, which very surprising. Buffalo mismanaged prospects, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> not that we didn't hear that from Evan Rodriguez, but
0: yeah, he would not be the first player to come out of Buffalo and uh, see a big improvement after leaving Buffalo. But no, yeah, it just uh, he he would be my next pick. Pustinen, I think, should get NHL time at this point too. Just I, I mean, both of these guys who could play in the in the top six. I mean, we've talked about it how you know they are guys like Angelo Lafferty, Bjorkqvist to come out of Wilkes very recently, and and fill in a, bo- a you know a bottom six type role, but not really a whole lot of top six type players. And they, they actually have that now. So uh Malkin's wing. I mean, if Kapanen's not a fifth, there, I it right now you probably get more, more out of Nealander than Kapanen, um, if if those are your options. But uh, we have some fun ones to get Bring it to. Up. <laughs> Patrick Damp. He says, would you rather fight one horse-sized Jeff Carter or a hundred duck-sized
1: Jeff Carters? It's a great like I this question regardless is always difficult if like it's a hundred just the horse and the duck. But adding Jeff Carter like <laughs> <laughs> the you know how like a lot
0: of teams the penguins do it where, you know, they, they have the little tiny mic and they ask players questions as they're getting on. The leafs were asked. Not about Jeff Carter, but would you rather fight a horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? And one of them was like, Oh, I'll take like the the duck sized horses, you just kick them. And like, that's how I kind of. <laughs> yeah,
1: So I've thought about that too, but then there's a hundred of them versus one. Like, it's a horse sized Jeff Carter. <laughs> I'm thinking, I could. Learn how to train horse. Is it? Is he a horse though, or is it <laughs> Jeff Carter? I, you probably,
0: him. I don't know. I yeah. Any this question, I, I do lean towards the hundred duck size, whatever's uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever, whatever. The question is because um. so you could just kick him. You, know? you could, but also I'm just gonna. I, if I can communicate with a horse-sized Jeff Carter, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, do you want to go grab some Bud Light Platinum so we can talk this out?" And then I feel like that would be a good solution. I know.
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't think Jeff Carter wants the, wants to fight. And you figure he's also missing his two front teeth, so he really can't bite you.
1: You know? No, that's true. That's. You know what? I yeah, I'm going to horse. I'm going a horse-sized Jeff Carter. <laughs> All right.
0: Um. We have another question. Big fan, Mike DeFabo. He says, I'm scheduled to be a groomsman in a wedding on May 21st. If the Penguins are still playing, which player should I enlist as my taxi squad fill in and and why?
1: This is a good question. For our listeners that don't know, Mike is my significant other. (laughs) Um, And I'm confused here because is this going – like I'm also supposed to go to (laughs) the And I, there, there shouldn't be a reason why I'm not able to go. Is this going to be like, is this like a taxi squad? Is this person going to be my date? Is this basically, I like, I have a lot of questions in terms of like, can we, are we going to do like a bachelorette type show where we like bring out the prospects and it's kind of like, all right, I like you because of this. I, there are some answers I need question or questions I need answered. How good of a dancer are they? Are they somebody that's going to like, because he's in the wedding, so it's going to be them in the wedding. Are they going to be okay with, like, me hanging out by myself while they're in the wedding doing the wedding things?
0: A lot of factors to consider here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach it as just, like, who would you want to have at your party, like, the reception, who's going to be a good time? Yeah. Kapanen seems like a pretty obvious answer here. I think, you know, Brian Boyle underrated pick. You go back to when Brian Boyle was younger. He used to have a good time. You remember um, HBO 24-7, the year after the Penguins Capitals, was Rangers Flyers. Yep. And he was a lot of fun in that. You know, they had the Rangers Christmas party, and he's dressed as Buddy the Elf. Uh, <laughs> and he, was, he was like the highlight of that party. So, I don't know, since then, I mean, he's married, he has three kids, four kids. He seems pretty mellow when you talk to him, but you look at, you know, Brian Boyle 10 years ago, he used to be a lot of fun. Maybe he
1: still is fun, we just don't get to see it a lot. I, I think I found the perfect answer for this, and I think it's Mike Matheson. Mike, <laughs> Mike
0: I, we've had a question before, um, we've talked about, like, if who would who would you let, who would you trust the most to watch your drink? And Mike Matheson, like Mike Matheson, you know, some, uh, no one's going to do anything to your drink, but some of them, they might just not, you know, take it that seriously or like what? Like Mike Mike Matheson, I feel like he would like guard it with his wife.
1: He he would make sure he would be like, okay, like I know that I'm in this wedding. Well, one, also the Mike, Mike name thing, it would work out because people would just say Mike and it would be like, okay, that's who that is. He, I feel like he would be the type of person that's like, he would want to make sure that I was having fun, but not be like overbearing about it where he'd be like, Hey, should we, we should go do this. Like, let's go check the photo booth out or like, Oh my God. You know? So I, Mike DeFabo, if you can't fill in for this, if you can't go to this wedding where Mike, I'm bringing Mike Matheson. It's just going to happen.
0: I, I get the same vibe from, from Zucker, too, as far as that. Yes! And, and I remember, so Gensel, he was asked at the All-Star game, "Who is was your funniest teammate? And he said Zucker, which I feel like we don't see a whole lot in, like, press conferences. Um, no. I mean, we see personality from Zucker, but, you know, as far as, like, the funniest guy in the team, maybe not. We do see it, you I know, mean, when he was healthy, and, you know, they give out the helmet after every game. You hear guys going crazy in the background, and it's usually Zucker and Captain. <laughs> so, yep. um, yeah, lot, honestly, no bad answers here.
1: There, I don't think there's a bad answer. No, I really, yeah. And also, I would like to say among uh, Mathis and Zucker, both of them have awesome wives, and like they could bring their wife as the plus one, and I'll just be like the other plus one, and I'll hang out because like Mike Mathis's wife, Emily Falzer, well, former Emily Falzer, love her, love her so much. Yeah. And then uh Carly Zucker, who's a radio host in Minnesota, I'm like, you know, I we'll, we'll, you can even they can bring the whole family if kids are allowed to this wedding. I don't know if they are, but like bring the whole family.
0: Yeah. Emily Falls, for people who, who don't know, I mean, she used to play defense for Team USA. I don't know if she's officially retired. She did take some time off because they had a baby. Um, oh, so she didn't play in these last Olympics. But, I mean, she won gold with Team USA in, in, in 2018. So, uh, yeah, she uh, bring her to the party, Olympic gold medalist. That would be a great <laughs> plus one. But uh, I assume like Wilkes-Barre, honestly, wilkes seems like most of them. <laughs> the AHL, you're going to get a lot of guys who know I'd have a good time.
1: That's true. Yeah. Mark Fre- bring Mark Friedman.
0: Mark Friedman, as long as there aren't going to be any flyers at this wedding, <laughs> because, you know... For people who didn't I you know, follow it we're recording this on Wednesday. They play the Flyers uh plays the Flyers affiliate tonight, so who knows what's gonna happen. Uh Mark Freeman, he's just down there in a conditioning stint, but they did play the Hershey Bears on Tuesday and it's like the first period they're already trying to kill him, like it looked like Mark Friedman. He did have kind of a little bit of a late hit against one of the Bears, but then they're all going after him right away and it's like this is what we see from Mark Freeman anytime he plays. It's a lot of fun to watch. Like, Mark Friedman might be my, my most favorite player to watch just because there's always something going on. Um, I'd love to see him get more NHL time, but I don't know who he'd get. Some of, there'd have to be an injury at this point because yeah. I don't know if he's going to be an upgrade over Chad Ruedel as far as, you know, just being a reliable bottom six option. But uh, he's a lot of fun. Uh, I, yeah, he'd probably be a good uh, wedding <laughs> uh groomsmen option too, so. Yeah. uh it's been a good time to wrap it up uh yeah send us your it, we're we're gonna tweet this out reply or comment like your questions for next week. We can address them next yeah. week too so uh some good ones some give us some fun ones too like we have had in this segment uh good way to yeah. wrap it up, yeah, yeah but Thanks again uh, for joining us for podcasts on 5th Ave. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you look us up on the DK Pittsburgh Sports YouTube, you can actually watch it every week if you don't do that already. Uh, We drop new episodes every Thursday. They premiere on YouTube at 2 o'clock. But, uh, yeah, look us up, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll join us.